0: On Wednesday evening, we um, gathered at St. Catherine Drexel Church uh, with St. Catherine Drexel's uh, confirmation candidates and our confirmation candidates, Um, Bishop Senior, uh, confirmed all of them. And uh, it was a lovely evening. I just want to extend my thanks to uh, Patty Wargo and Deacon Scott Root, um, both the DREs, the, both parishes who uh, really worked together to make the ceremony so beautiful, but also to uh, Rick Bradley, to Matt Farrer, and Sarah Smith, who um, are the catechists here that worked with these young people this year to prepare them for, for their confirmation. Also to their parents and to their sponsors, a great evening for all of us to renew our hope in in the uh, promises of God uh, to bring his church to fulfillment through our service to one another. I was thinking that that night, um, the, the bishop always meets with the students prior to confirmation, but you're not allowed to go in anymore. It's, a, it's a, uh, bishop, uh, yeah, bishop Gaynor would always keep all the priests out, So I guess, so we wouldn't coach them, because that's where they ask the questions. Remember when they used to ask them right there at confirmation, Remember, they'd put you on the spot. This is not part of my homily, but I remember when I was the pastor at St. Margaret Mary in Harrisburg, um, the eighth grade teacher kept saying I was going to be the person who confirmed because the bishop was ill at the time. And I said, um, she said, now you make sure you ask a question during that confirmation mass. So I asked a question and I asked her to stand up and answer it. but didn't we all feel, I mean, we all felt kind of odd that day. We, we were like, you know, it's the first, I mean, we all stare at the floor even now when, when people think we're going to be called upon, let alone a bishop uh, on our confirmation day. Uh, but the, the, here they are, these these young people, and I think about that. You think about your own preparation for confirmation. Now it's a two-year program. You've got to be there, seventh grade, eighth grade. And, and, you, and you think about all the things that, that are, are going to happen. You know, you you, you got to be prepared to answer anything. Uh, questions about the Beatitudes, spiritual, uh, spiritual and corporal works of mercy in, uh, in the church, the, the books of the Bible, the Holy Days of Obligation, the, the structure of the church, the hierarchy of the church, uh, the seven sacraments, and, and of course the Ten Commandments. Any of those questions can be thrown out at us at any time by our non-believing friends, by those who struggle to find faith. Uh, they could, our confirmation and ends. Our, our saying yes to that Holy Spirit brings us to the, the, to the front of, uh, of, of the church and to brings us in front of everyone to declare that we believe. You know, we believe these things. We believe what we've been told, and what we read, and what we know, and what we feel think when I think about this the the confirmation ceremony it really brings us all back to the beginning to the basics of what was given to us in our baptism how we were challenged at baptism even though we were infants but challenged by to our sponsors to our parents to keep that light burning brightly to bring us into the fullness of church into the fullness of loving God and serving our neighbor Very clear from the beginning of God's relationship with his people. It's very clear. Our our life as Christians is so basic. It really boils down to two things, and we hear them a lot. We hear them in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. We hear them from the mouth of Jesus in the New Testament, the Christian Scriptures. And what are those two things? Love God and love your neighbor. That's it. We make it so difficult. We, you know, we take those two commands and, and we make them difficult. Even Jesus says to us when he, when he does repeat those two commandments, he says the whole law and all the prophets depend on that. So you know, we're, we're letting down. If we're not fulfilling God's law, if we're not listening to what God has to say to us, if we're not hearing uh, the cry of the poor, the, our neighbor in their time of need, We let down God. We didn't let down ourselves. We didn't let down the person who we're not going to help. We just directly said to God, no, (laughs) not doing it. Ten commandments were laid out for us tonight. Very, very important. I was thinking uh, there was a story told of a minister an older minister who decides to take a walk around town and he, he runs into one of his parishioners and his parishioner's job is to break up stones. And he said to him, uh, you've got a lot of work there. And the man looked at the minister and said, yes, pastor, I certainly do. But I look at these stones the same way I look at as the Ten Commandments. You look at them like you look at the Ten Commandments. How is that? Well, you can go on breaking them, but they can never get rid of them. <laughs> you can never get rid of them. They're always there. They're in the forefront for us. The Ten Commandments are really simple. They're also sensible. They're ten teachings. They're ten things that God wants us to know about ourselves in our words, in our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds. We can break them up into little sections. You know, what are we thinking about God? What are we saying about each other? How or what are we doing to help one another? What are we doing? The Ten Commandments weren't given to us by God to take all the fun out of life. Jesus had great times with his people. A lot of laughter, a lot of dinners, a lot of travel, a lot of discussion. So God's not asking us to be sour or, 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 or crabby. He's asking us to fulfill our life and our happiness by pursuing his law. God's not forbidding us to do anything except that. And any other attempt by God, uh, it's it's another attempt by God to form his people. It's a covenant. How many more covenants must God give to us was the question, and God said one more. You didn't get the flood. You didn't get the garden. You didn't get this. You didn't get this. One more, i have to sacrifice my own son, and then you'll get it. There's a commentator I read this week, he said, there's a certain moral and social logic at work with the Ten Commandments. And he says, it's so, so logical, so moral, that it's easier to keep the commandments. It makes more sense than breaking them. Because following those commandments, those teachings are going to bring us to true happiness. What do I think? What do I say? What do I do with my faith? The commentator goes on to say that we really run into our, the biggest problem we have with the commandments is when we, try, when we try to see how much we can get out of them for ourselves Or how much we can get away with in life without anyone noticing. The big problem comes when we we know those commandments are ingrained into our hearts. They're ingrained. We wear them on our foreheads. And yet we're willing to cheat and steal. To take what's not ours. To satisfy our own desires. We cheat on, on our word, on the promises we make, on the pledges we make, on the responsibilities that we take on, and the duties that we have been given just to satisfy ourselves and our own wants. The commentator says the problem comes when we begin to think and act as if we are the new sheriff in town and we get to make the rules. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be be joyous in life. You think about the happiness that God gives to us and, and Jesus' last words to us before I go, I give you my joy so that your joy may be complete. He wants us to be happy. And in his wisdom, in the path that we take, we find happiness. And it's defined for us by how we lead and how we give back in our life to the Lord. What it is that he asks of us. So breaking one another, the commandments, it often leads to our breaking even more of them. And that leads us then to disappointment and hurt. Anger, sometimes that anger with God for what we ourselves have caused. Like the last line of St. Paul's reading today, it simply says, foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The weakness of God stronger than any human strength. Let us move back to the basics. Let us move back is a clear message of God to know him to love him and to serve him and to love our neighbor as ourselves